Merry Christmas, church. And I won't uh, speak a real long time today. It is still, uh, we're here. The whole thing as a believer, Christian, Christmas, uh, this is, should be one of our most revered holidays. So we don't want to um, push aside the day, but I also don't want to hold you till nine o'clock tonight. So I'll just be brief today. But I believe the Lord just has something sweet and special for us. And um, first thing I want to do is just read this small passage. I'm just going to read from a few of the books that kind of connect the story. You've probably done this on your own at some point, but you can actually see the story uh, in chronological order. It's in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid. Mary, the angel, told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and will be called the Son of God. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant, verse 38. And may everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, it says, This is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son. You are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. And in Luke chapter 2, verse 1, at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken within Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, 
he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging for them. Sometimes we need, just need to read the simplicity of the story of Jesus' birth, and what's amazing in his story is that before he was ever born, in fact, a thousand years before he was born, Bethlehem was already picked out. Jesus was already named before he was even born. I want you to follow me now to the next portion. And it continues on in Luke, in verse 7, chapter 2, verse 7, it says, She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him, she laid him. There was no lodging. If you don't know the story, I believe everybody here does. The town was so packed that a manger is basically a feeding trough of some sort, and she had to lay him. How humbly, God, and how easy it would have been to miss Jesus, our Savior, the King, right? The King of the world coming into a feeding trough. But God's ways are not our ways. But what's amazing here is it says that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news. I want you to say that out loud. We need to remember the gospel is good news. What's funny is um, the traditional text is good tidings. And I've been joking with Dawn all week because she has some decorations around the house that say good tidings. So I asked her, I said, what does good tidings mean? I didn't know. I had to look it up myself. And then I saw, hey, wait a second. That's why. That's why I didn't realize. I've been reading it in my NLT these last couple of years as I've been preaching from that version. and didn't realize that, hey, that's good tidings. It's good news. It's a good news story. It's a good news gospel. Jesus is good news. And that's to all. That's to all the world, all who will accept it. It's a good news story. And he said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others. The armies of heaven. I want you to pause and picture now that the shepherd's eyes were open. You know, when Jesus is on the scene, Jesus is here today. Jesus is around us. He was born and he came humbly. He came in a way they didn't expect, but he was right there. He was right there. And this is the message that we know as Christians, but it's also one that the world, if only they could see, there was only shepherds that were able to see, but it was just as much there as if before they saw as when they were seeing. 
The angels were praising, it says. Their, their eyes were open and they got to see what was going on in the heavens. And the angels were praising God. Jesus is born and the world missed him. And it's so easy for the world today to miss them again because we're not looking. But they were looking up and they saw God they saw the glory of God. They saw the angels around the throne praising. And it says in verse 14, glory to God. Let's read this out loud. Glory to God in highest heaven and peace on earth. Glory to God and peace on earth. You know, I've been meditating on just this one, this one verse. I mean, this is what I have to preach on today. I wanted to tell you the story. I wanted to lead into this verse because everything in our lives as Christians, it is, it is the same journey. It's, it's, there is this unknowing. Uh, Joseph was unknowing. Mary doesn't know. We are not going to understand in our natural. The shepherds were just shepherds, but there is a pre-written story as it was for him it is for you. There is a pre-written story for your life, and it's this. It's for your life, just as the angels are. You were made, whether you know it or not, but to give glory to God. And God has peace for you. God reconciled through Jesus Christ. He reconciled our sin-filled humanity with His pure, holy godness. If there's such a word, and, and broke the boundaries, broke down the walls, broke the chains that separated us from him. And this is a very interesting, so I've been, because this is the one verse the Lord really just has been on my heart for weeks, I knew that I was going to be speaking on this today. I've been meditating just on this verse. And there was actually uh, some controversy in, in my study as I came upon this verse. The New King James says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. But it says here in the NLT, it says, Peace on earth to those whom God is pleased. So I did some extensive study, and uh, the Amplified that we have here as well says, Peace on earth among men with whom he is well pleased men of goodwill of his favor. And I did study, it's because the words here can be translated two ways, and I want to just tell you the two ways, and I think they're both actually valid. I think the Lord allows multiple translations not to confuse us, but to show us the multifaceted layers of what he's saying. Remember, we're saying it in English anyway, and when these words were spoken, they weren't spoken in our language. So, I looked, and basically what this verse says is two things. The more traditional text, King James, New King James, um, New American Standard would say that the goodwill is toward you. And we can see in our word that that is 100% valid. In fact, it says in Isaiah chapter 57, verse 18, it says, I've seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. I've seen what they do, but I will heal them anyway. Jesus said that he came for us while we were still sinners. 
So at that very moment when he was born and he said, peace towards men, he wasn't looking at you. He wasn't judging you. He wasn't looking at your lifestyle. It was peace is available for every single person in creation. And I would say that that is valid. It says in the rest of Isaiah, this is an amazing passage. It says, bringing words of praise to their lips. May they have abundant peace, both near and far, says the Lord who heals them. And then it's, I wanted to read this verse as well. I love that. I love the softness of God towards us and his love towards us. But then there's this other side. He says in verse 20, it says, But those who still reject me are like the restless sea, which is never still, but continually churns up mud and dirt. There is no peace for the wicked, says my God. And so that would make sense why it's also translated towards those he's well pleased with. And the point is, is that I thought that both were valid and both are scriptural, and I believe that it's God. I believe he's saying all of it in this verse, is that it's for everyone, but whether you love him or not. We know this in the gospel, but we should just hear it all the time. We can never get tired of hearing that Jesus loves you, that he was born for one purpose. His name was pre-written. In fact, science today with the Bible code, right? We're, we're taking computers. They didn't even exist when he, God penned this. Remember, man penned it down based on the inspiration of God. And now today, they're finding Jesus written in code. They're finding the cross. They're finding the Messiah. They're finding his story written in the code of the word. He was pre-written. He was predestined for you, whether you accept him, whether you want him or not. And because of that, though, there's a message to us. There's a message. One, that He loves you unconditionally, and He don't need to do anything for His love to be extended towards you. But two, is that peace truly comes only when, what? As believers, we know this. Because you remember when you weren't a believer. Or when you were, and then you wandered. What happens? The peace in your life goes. And I saw this, and I believe that this is the Lord's just the Lord's message to us, his reminder of love in the season. That he is peace. It's the very epitome of who he is. God is peace. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And in fact, not only did he come in peace here, but the Bible tells us that when he left, he said, I leave with you peace. Peace is a gift to you. And it's the greatest gift, it's the greatest gift we have as Christians, is peace. There is a wrestling and there is a warring in your soul without him, isn't there? I don't need to tell you that. You are fully aware that without Christ, and when we don't let Christ be Christ in our lives, we war, we're wrestling, we're confused, we don't understand. And it's so interesting that there's no difference. Here we have Mary, the mother of Jesus, and we have Joseph, the father. He gets a lot less credit because he didn't give birth, but he was there in this weird time as well. 
It's an amazing and it's a beautiful story, but you have to picture them as well that they don't know what's going on and they're just trusting God. And they came to a place of peace because they just had to let go of their mind. It's easy for us to read it and it's easy for us to say, well, yeah, we know the story, that's beautiful. But picture, picture Mary and Joseph. Mary's wondering, well, did I forget? Did I got pregnant? I mean, what is going through her mind? She has to just believe, okay, God, I believe you, and carried Jesus in her womb, and Joseph had to let, had to believe. He had to come to a place of peace, and it's funny that it's no different for us. It's no different for us that Jesus, in your mind, you have to come to a place of just submission, have to come to a place of letting everything you know, everything you believe, everything you think, you have to let it go. And then when you do, what comes? Peace comes. Peace, he did not say that my peace is conditional and that my peace comes, you know, uh, when you accept me, my peace is 100% here. It's, this is the amazing thing about God, the amazing thing about his salvation, the amazing thing about his gift is that he was 100% yours and available. And the only thing that you had to do was not go through 10 steps or five steps or three steps, but was to believe. And instantaneously, Jesus took residence when you believed in your heart and gave you the offer of peace. He gave you the offer of peace. The peace is, if you are willing, is 100%, but we have to let him be God in us, and we have to let that peace rule in us. And I believe that what he wants to say today is, is this, to make peace with him, and maybe you're in that place, you've already made peace with God, but just as a reminder that he gave us peace, and it's there in its fullness in your heart, but the flesh inside you, the will inside you, is the only thing that blocks it. The only reason that you are confused, that you are in worry, that you are in fear, that you are in doubt, or that you are in sin, is because you're not letting the peace control you. But if you just lay it down, just give it to him again. He's reminding us that I gave you on this Christmas. Remember that the greatest gift that God could have given was his own son, and he gave him to you, and he gives you peace. And it's so easy for us to wrestle, isn't it? As Christians, it's the worst thing we could do, and yet we all do it as we all wrestle. Still to this day, even in, in maturity, every Christian from time to time wrestles. And there's three places we wrestle. We wrestle with God, we wrestle with ourselves, and we wrestle with others. And I just want you, wherever you're at today, this is the message from the Lord, to make peace with Him. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1, Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God. It's a fact. You have to believe God's word as fact. Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done. And just let him have it. 
And then the second place is in yourself, the place in you, your mind, your flesh, your soul, your desires. And it comes, it's, this is, they're actually all connecting. They're all connecting to each other. Because when you make things right with God, when you just get settled with God, just speaking to someone recently and they said, I'm just about to the place where I just give it all. And I said, well, wait till you see what happens when once you cross over, they're close and they've been on a journey and God's doing amazing things in their life. I can see it. But once they fully give it over, we don't realize though that we've taken the reins back over and over again. We do it every day. We take the reins back. Thank you, God. We give him glory. Then we take the reins back. And if we just give it to him, his gift for us will rule. It, for us, it will actually rule for you and give you peace, give you peace in every situation. And this, the reason it's connected is because once we make things right with God, then our flesh, it has to submit. It automatically, if you're right with God, starts submitting. But simultaneously, because Jesus told us, I'll tell you the greatest commandments of all. It's to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength, everything you are, every day, every moment, every second. Love him. And the second greatest commandment, which is just like the first, he said, is to love others as yourself. And we find if we come to a true place of peace, if you are truly at a place of peace, you are at peace with God, the warring inside yourself is finished, and the warring with each other is finished. And that's what God really, the greatest gift, if we could give God a gift back, He doesn't require, it's an amazing thing, He is not looking for your gift back. <laughs> We might as humans, okay, I gave you a gift, now where's mine? Nobody's thinking that on Christmas tomorrow. But God, if we want to give him a gift, if we want to give him a gift, give him yourself. He's just reminding us again that he gave you the greatest gift that could be given. If there was a greater gift that he could have gave, he would have. And he gave it all. And we need to just give him all. I can't preach that enough. I'm preaching it on Christmas Eve because what a gift. What a gift that he's given us and what a gift that we can give him. That's all he needs is just give him you. And when you give him you, then the other areas, the warring, the warring, it's amazing. God's the only, the only thing that you can actually in this realm that we live in, your relationship with God is the only thing that you have that when you give to God, more is given to you. It's only in God that you can't give him enough. You give him yourself and you're going to get peace. He's like, okay, I, I gave you peace. Now just surrender and the peace starts to overtake you and more comes. He gives you more peace. You give him more, he gives you more joy. You give him more, he gives you more hope. You can't, they say, we have a saying in church, you can't outgive God. And usually that's pointed towards the offering box. But it's, you can't outgive God in every area of your life. You give God your time. You give God in this season. You give him the gift of you. And I'm telling you, you, <laughs> you're getting the better deal. You got the better deal this Christmas. This word peace is an amazing word. It's this word Irene. 
in this, it's the New Testament word here, that it's the same exact word for the Old Testament shalom. Everybody know the word shalom? You know the word, may not know what it means, but you know the word, right? It, it means peace. There's obviously more layers to it, but it's peace unto you. It's peace in your life, peace in your day, peace ahead of you, peace as you've come in and peace as you go out. And this is what the word fully means between the, a, a, a blend of Irene, the New Testament word, and the Old Testament shalom. It means that there is a completeness. There's a wholeness. There's a tranquility inside you. There's a rule of order in place of chaos. And the Lord, we are fully aware of the chaos, not just in our own selves, not just in our relationships, but also in the world, right? We are fully aware when there's chaos. No one has to tell you that it's a little chaotic in your life right now. You are fully aware. But the chaos can go when we let God's peace that was given to us in full rule in us. It's automatic. You give him your situation. You give him your heart. You give him your will. You give him your day. In fact, usually it goes something like this. God, I don't know how you're going to make good of this. I don't know how you're going to bring peace in this situation. But who has seen him do it over and over and over Again, the Lord has given us a full offer, a 100%. He doesn't hold back. He's not partial. He doesn't give in part. He gave us a full offer of peace. And if we'll just give it to him, we just give it to him, he will give us back. It says that we are unaffected. This word means that we are unaffected. Everybody say it out loud. I'm unaffected by outward circumstances or pressures. Isn't that an amazing definition of this word? So the peace came when these angels are praising and they're praising and they're saying there is peace towards those. It's towards you automatically, but to those who actually accept it, whether you accept it or not, that's why the scripture is both sides. It's towards you. But if I accept it, then inside me, it says that there is a calm and an inner stability. Who wants to be stable inside Who's tired of wrestling? Anybody tired of the wrestling? Anybody tired of the warring? It's funny, the world tries to suck you in and it's not hard, is it? The world sucks you in so fast into their rat race and into their strife and into their striving. And we have to just stop. We've got to put the brakes on and just remember that you have to stop and ask, not in a judgmental way, because that's not what Christ is doing, but just have to stop and say, what are they in that race for? And if you boil it down to the very basic epitome one-liner, it's self. The rat race is so that I'll be comfortable when I'm old, or so that I can get set up for this, or so that I can do that, or I can have this. It's all I, 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 I. And so then we see that the warring, the wrestling, the striving is obviously not God, is it? The only way to end it is to look at him. And then he gives you a different path. He gives you a different way. He gives you a different goal to set, doesn't he? When, he? when his goals are in front of you, there's peace because it doesn't matter what you accomplish in your day. 
If you are looking to him and if you have made peace with him and there is peace inside you and there is peace among your brothers and sisters, what does it matter what you've done? I'm seeing a lot of smirks because I think we're all like, each, like the rest of us, maybe especially New Yorkers, that we're goal setters. We're like, I need to do this, this, and that to be fulfilled. You only need to do one thing. Just look to Jesus. Just let his gift work in you. That's it. That's all that you need to do. It's such a simple gospel. And you know what? Then he uses you to do amazing things. The second part of this is, is that when he's working in you, when that calm comes, this is what's amazing. And I'll finish with this. I don't want to keep you forever, as I promised. It is Christmas Eve. But when that calm comes inside you, when you get to that place of peace, he says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, you know it as, blessed are the peacemakers. The NLT says, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. The children of God. That's it. What does it say we have to work for? What is our, what is, we're peacemakers. When you let peace rule inside you, you let that gift that was given to you in full, unconditional of you, but just to accept it. And if you fully accept it and fully submit, it starts working in you, creating peace. But then there's something else that happens. As a child of God, peace starts flowing out of you. The only reason that the world is still at war, and unfortunately our scriptures tell us, the book of Revelation tells us that this will not stop until Jesus returns. The appearance of peace is going to have to come physically in a body again. His body is working towards peace, but ultimately darkness will increase so much that he'll have to come back himself to end it and finish it. But until he does... Until he does, we have this amazing gift of peace within us to give to the world. God gave us peace, and it's for us to give back to this world. And it's in Luke verse 1. This is my very last verse. It says in Luke verse 1, chapter Verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 77, it was talking of John the Baptist, and that is who you are today. You are to prepare the way for the Lord. The Lord was, the way was prepared, he was prophesied, and he came. And then he left physically, and we now are John the Baptist. We are preparing the way. The church is blazing a path, and we're looking to him. We're, that's why we need to be at peace with him. We need his will. We need to be at peace with each other because we're making the way for Jesus to return. And it says in Luke, this is your verse. It was said to John the Baptist and it's to you today when it rules in you and why it's so important that we need to accept his gift because the greatest gift we can give to God just starts coming out. You will end up giving a gift around you. The world will know around you that you have him because you have let his gift work in you. And it says, you will tell his people how to find salvation through forgiveness of their sins. Because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us. 
to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. That prophecy was about John the Baptist preparing the way for Christ, and that is for you. When it's ruling in you and working in you, there is a path that you are making. You are literally making. You are a peacemaker. Let his gift work in you because then you start giving. You start automatically, when you lined up with him, lined up with yourself, there's others are going to be automatically affected by that peace in you. Let's stand And band, you can come back up. And we're going to sing a song to go out. But I just want to pray for a moment as they do. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that everything in your entire gospel, Lord, from beginning to end, right from Genesis to Revelation, Lord, there's two parts. It's what you've done for us, and it's our response And that is the gospel in its simplicity. Lord, you gave us Jesus. You gave us life. You gave us hope. You gave us joy. And you gave us peace. Lord, now, and and let this new year, Lord, let it be a statement, Lord. Let it be in the spiritual world, Lord. Let the spiritual world see that this church, Lord, that this people has decided to fully live in that place of peace. We are unaffected by what we see, by what we hear. We're unaffected by what we think. We're unaffected by what others have done to us. And I thank you, Lord, that when we do, Lord, your word says that we are preparing a path. We're blazing a path of peace for the world to walk on. That they would see our lives, Lord, and be, Lord, so overwhelmed by the peace that we have. That's our greatest witness, church, is that when peace is ruling in us, the world will see it. They don't have it, and that's what they're looking for. There's a God-shaped hole that we have filled, and we're getting, the Lord is uprooting the other stuff in us. He's just pulling all of that out of us, and he's planting peace and righteousness and and planting fruit of the Spirit in its place. But the world, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that they are looking at us, and they're seeing the peace that's growing in place of the wrestling that they have. And I thank you, God, that when they see us, that they will see you. That's what your word says, that they need to look at us and see you. We just give you glory, Lord. We thank you once again, Lord, for your gift to us. We thank you that you came and you came low. You did not regard your kingship, your lordship. You did not regard equality with God, but you came low and did that for us. We just give him glory in Jesus' name. Amen.